0: Welcome to the Truth in Transformation Podcast Series, where ASHP President Tom Johnson shares insights from his 2020 inaugural address about personal and professional transformation. I'm your host, Paul Abramowitz, the CEO of ASHP, and with me today is our president, Tom Johnson. During this series of podcasts, we've explored many different aspects of transformation, from servant leadership, to learning how to stand in our truth. This happens to be our sixth and last segment of this series. Tom, I think we both enjoyed these discussions very much, and I hope our listeners have also.
1: I know I have, Paul, and thanks for doing these. It's really, really enjoyed it.
0: We've covered a lot during our conversations, Tom, um, especially the idea of truth. In fact, that's the name of the podcast series, Truth in Transformation. Well, let's get to the heart of it. What is the truth about pharmacies' transformation?
1: So in my inaugural address, I included quite a few truths, and for the purposes of doing an inaugural address, I stopped at about six, but there's probably a hundred, and I think each individual needs to try to find what their own personal truths are within the profession, but just to review a little bit, uh, clearly we are, as pharmacists, the medication experts on the team because of our education and training, and our technicians are the experts in how to maneuver and utilize a lot of our technology and medications within our system. Our presence as pharmacy services improves patient safety and optimizes outcomes. We know that. We're trained to and uh, actually deliver on evidence based medication practices. We insist on evidence as we use medications as opposed to sort of randomly picking things and, and doing things in, in that way. Doesn't mean we're opposed to experimenting and research, but let's control it and do those things. We're well-positioned to provide many kinds of primary care that will contribute to overall population health, and we've just seen some of that with now pharmacists being able to provide vaccines through HHS ruling for pediatric patients, 3 to 18. What a great way to advance access for patients across the country. Sometimes we have been, though, limited because of our some of our outdated financial and practice constraints and some of the own, our own constraints that we put on ourselves, and I think we need to acknowledge that truth as well. And probably one of the bigger truths is that we have new models of care that are right in front of us if we just act, if we just do it. And I think that's one of our truths as well. So they're right there. We just need to find them. So for me, it's really about there's a starting point, but there are all kinds of truths, and individuals need to really take a look and
0: identify what their truths are. Well, thank you, Tom. Now that we've identified these truths, Where do pharmacists and student pharmacists and pharmacy technicians take this? What are the next steps?
1: I think the first step is to create a plan. It might be as simple as saying, I want to accomplish X by the end of next week or the end of next month or the end of the year and pick something and and simply do it. What is your, identify your opportunity, find out how you're going to Utilize your strengths or utilize the things you need to work on and then execute. So first write it down. For anyone that's ever talked to David Zills, who has been a mentor for so many people in the pharmacy profession and past treasurer and president and board member of ASHP, he talks about having a life plan. And he has come to do a visiting leader presentation for our residents a couple times in the past at our program and I think the first time that the residents hear that that you should really kind of have a life plan, they think really, uh, well, yeah, you need some kind of a plan. Now, whether you write it down exactly or or you continue to update it, but you sure have to think through those things. So I think first create that plan, and you do that by identifying the opportunities that are right there in front of you, and figure out how you're going to write those things down. And it doesn't have to be formal. It might be a couple of post-it notes. It might stuck to your computer screen. It might be an an actual full blown five-year plan or an even an entire life plan, but but do it. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned from our experiences here with, with COVID and the stress that it's put our healthcare system under and the stress that it's put all of us under and the quarantines. And I think it just illustrates that it's going to be tough to just go back to the way things were. I don't think we want to go back to the way things were. You just have to move forward. So keep moving forward, keep finding that opportunity, embrace the change, and then move forward. And that's really all you can do. And this has just cemented that for me. It's sort of been my mantra for a long time, but this really has cemented it for me.
0: Well, this idea of moving forward sounds like and is an action that we all need to take. Is that correct?
1: I would agree. Absolutely. And I think
0: the
1: that's really where we get to the concept of act on your truth. So as continue to write the inaugural address and talk about self-reflection and talk about honest understanding and standing in our truth, well, then what do you do about it? And probably the biggest limitations for humans is that we just seem to not do things sometimes we just get stuck a little bit it's that inertia of getting over the over the hump and if you think about how many podcasts leadership books self-help speakers think about how many there are that talk about just going forward and doing something how do you get yourself started how do you take action there's songs about it there's books about it there's all kinds of things and sometimes you just have to have to do that So start with that and work your way forward. One of the stories that I like to tell, particularly as they ask me about advice on their career path, is my own story about how I went from being a clinician and faculty member to developing some skills for uh, being more of an official leadership position. And I don't know what exactly was going on that particular week, but I remember coming home from, from work kind of in the middle of the week or maybe it was the end of the week. And I think people find that every job you have has its ups and downs. And I came home that, that week and thought, actually said out loud to my wife, I said, what if I'm still doing this when I'm 50? And at the time I was probably in my early 30s. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what if I'm still doing this when I'm 50? What like, what else is there? How do I keep moving forward? And she looked at me and said, well, why don't you just do something about it then? And I said, oh, well, yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> I think that was, I needed that little push to sort of get over the hump. And I clearly remember looking for whatever reason, we had an AJHP laying on the coffee table and I picked it up and I looked in the back and that's when the old days of, of printed Job ads that were in there at the time. That's all online, of course now, in Career Farm and those types of things. But at the time, they were printed in the back of HP. and I looked, and a lot of the positions that were leadership positions had MBA as a as a suggestion or a requirement. So if it wasn't required, it was highly suggested for some of the positions I was looking at. And I thought, well, I guess maybe that's a route I need to go. And so I made a few phone calls, and about two weeks later, I was enrolled in. Uh, Uh, some pre-work and enrolled in an MBA cohort. So sometimes you just need to do it and you need a push like that and you just need to start moving that along. And I think change can be scary and you just have to get past that initial fear and you really need to be more afraid of staying the same than you need to be afraid of changing. And once you do that, then I think you can move it forward. So I guess there's that concept of how to act on your truth and, and move it forward.
0: Yeah, and I I think you've laid it out very well, and that example is, is a great one. You know, I simply might add that while it's difficult to change, and many people don't like change, and as you say, Tom, change is scary, if you don't change on a regular basis or even continuously, the change becomes even more difficult, and it becomes a larger thing to accomplish. So it's oftentimes said that evolutionary change is much easier than revolutionary change. And you That's know as well quote. as I, we all know you let things go for a year or two or three, and then that 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 change becomes extremely painful and difficult than if you do it on a periodic basis. Well Tom, and you're talking to, let's say, a specific individual, what can you suggest that they do to uh, help them take action and stand in their truth? Well, probably the first
1: thing is to really identify the, the skill or the thing you need to do that's really going to add value. And that requires maybe a bit of an environmental scan and understanding what your role is within an organization, what your role is within the profession and how can you best contribute. That's the first place. So identify where where you can really contribute. And if you change what you do on a day-to-day basis, is that gonna help you with your over, overall career satisfaction? Is that maybe gonna minimize burnout? AJHP, I, I just saw an article uh, that's gonna come out in the September 1st edition of AJHP by Neil McKinnon. And he does a great job of just outlying this life fulfillment is the term he uses as opposed to satisfaction. So how are you fulfilled in your role? And what a great way to get started. So find what that is and find what fulfills you. And and what a great way to state that. And then I think you need a plan. So how do you make this permanent? It's one thing to change but one of the things we know about change is that when you sort of take the pressure off either someone else or yourself, you'll tend to revert back to what you are comfortable with. It sort of turns into a joke, right, at at New Year's, and everybody decides they're going to make a resolution. I'm going to be, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, right? I mean, we've all got these self-help goals. And, and we all laugh as to how long it took us to break our new year's resolutions and, you know, how far we made it into the year before we just gave up and went back to what we were used to. And I think that's just a perfect example of how it's so hard to just get new things, just hardwired into what you do and how you do them. So that's, that's an important component. So you got to think about not only getting through the change, but how you're going to keep it to be the new normal of how you do things and how that's going to be what you are going to do permanently going forward. And my next advice is make sure that you support your profession. The thing that makes a profession different than a trade perhaps, or from a, from a, just a job is that we are engaged with others. We are engaged with others in our profession. We are engaged to improve In our particular case, the health and welfare and optimal medication use of our patients. And I think you have to be engaged in that in order to accomplish some of these changes. I just don't think you can do it on your own. I just don't think you can do that without the support of your colleagues, whether it's getting new ideas from people, understanding how those things are, or just understanding that you're not alone doing these things. is just a completely important part of that. And that really is where you get your connection through professional organizations, So I think that's one of the things that we've all probably missed the most in the last several months are those direct connections. Virtual, we're doing as best we can right now. But my example there, I actually walked across our hospital campus this morning, had a meeting and I attended in person. And afterwards, I had a 10 minute conversation with someone about a specific topic. And I think we got more accomplished in those 10 minutes just after that meeting that I probably have accomplished on that particular topic in the last five years. And sometimes you just have to connect with people. And and to me, it's never been more obvious than now that that that's an important component of what we have to do. And for right now, it's going to be a virtual element and that's how we're going to have to do this. But just because we're virtual doesn't mean all that has to stop and you, you have to find ways to continue to evolve and move forward. So, That really gets me to the end of that comment of first stand in your truth, understand who you are, and then simply act on it and and do. Insert the change and make it happen.
0: Thanks, Tom. This has been an absolutely incredibly enlightening series of conversations about transformation, finding our truth, and acting on new opportunities. I would say it's been such a good addition that the two of us have talked about keeping our podcast conversations about pharmacy going, a uh, season two, so to speak.
1: We absolutely have, Paul, and I, I think that's a great idea. So let's let's keep this going. We can talk more about new profession-wide issues. We can talk about ASHP initiatives. And, you know, since now I'm basically working through being the first ASHP virtual president, I think this is going to be the way that we're going to do it. So I uh, <laughs> appreciate the opportunity look forward to it.
0: Well, great. And we uh, might even get you an avatar so you can do many more of these and even even two simultaneously. How about uh, that?
1: Even better. I've always wanted my own uh, digital avatar. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, please look for our next series of podcasts. And at this point, we're planning on calling them the Pharmacy Playbook, where Tom and I discuss various ASHP initiatives and also try to push the envelope as we explore cutting-edge pharmacy topics. Tom, it's been a pleasure working together with you on these podcasts. I would ask our audience to catch up on any episodes that you may have missed on ASHP Official. And please, please take advantage of all the resources ASHP has to offer you whether you practice in a hospital, a clinic, a physician's office, an ambulatory pharmacy, or a community pharmacy. Thank you all, and please join us for our next series. Thanks for joining us in the Truth and Transformation. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes. Access show notes and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and wanna hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time for more truth and transformation from ASHP President Tom Johnson.